0: This is your host Tia. This is your host Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top Ten. Why? Why? Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia Favey, and I have with me the most amazing co-host that a girl could ask for, Brittany. How are you doing this morning? I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I will accept get and it and cherish it. <laughs> I don't get you through it. Nice. <laughs> Um, No, but seriously, thank you, Brittany, for being with uh, me this morning. I am super excited about today's episode. I mean, I'm excited about all the episodes, but I don't know, just pumped about this one because We're doing a little bit of a fan service for ourselves, and we are going to do the top 10 actors of the decade. So pretty much it's going to be just an excuse for Brittany and I to spawn over the actors that we love so much. Um, And of course, we'll be giving reasons why they are fantastic actors. And I should say this, that um, actor is a blanket term. So, it is going to be both male actors and female actors. So, if you have, uh, you know, a woman that you want to throw on the list as well, you can. This is not just... Uh, you didn't tell me that. To... I apologize. I apologize. You know what the thing is? Is that it's like I know that it's like actors and actresses and they do that in the award shows and yada yada. But um, to me, when I think of actors, I just think of everyone, right? So I guess in my head, it was like, oh, that's already an understood thing, that it's going to be both men and women. So I do apologize about that, Brittany. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited. Um, And I should say, I don't know why I feel the need to say this, because I've been blabbing about it since I've watched it yesterday. But if you have some time, you or anyone who's listening, you have to check out The Two Popes on Netflix. It is a movie that stars Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price and I am sure that it is not on the top of anyone's list to watch because it's like, who wants to watch a movie about two old guys pretending to be the Pope's? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it really is a fantastic, beautiful movie that I really enjoyed, and I have to say that if we had done the top 10 best movies of 2019, this would have been, like, up at the top. Um, You know, I probably, obviously, would have been obligated to put Avengers Endgame regardless as, like, the number one, but, um, or, like, the Joker, but I think the two folks would have been, like, right underneath both of those, so that's how good it was. But uh, let's just kind of jump right in, and, Brittany, what is your top 10, I mean, what is your, Number 10 on our top 10. We're already off to a really great start. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my list and I'm just trying to sit there and go, man, you know, it's harder to pick someone at the bottom because I like all of them. It's just the, the, um, the way the numbers fall. But I think, I think I'm going to go with Pablo Schreiber because I love him. He's still, like, up there for me, but I have so many more that I love just as well. Don't hate me. Yeah. Why would I hate you? Listen, we always say that this list is kind of just fluid, and as you said, it's just how the numbers go. But you know that I love Pablo Shriver, but please tell us, Brittany, what is it about Pablo Schreiber that you love so much and what makes him one of the best actors of the decade? Well, first off, porn stash. I feel like that was such a big uh part. Like it's one of those things that enters into like our media culture, like what we'll go back and go, Orange is the new black was amazing. And, you know, that's been through the 2010s, and Pablo Schreiber's porn stash was a whole reason I watched, like, I got hooked onto to Orange is the New Black, because I was like, oh, this asshole uh, prison guard with his porn stash and how good it was. And then we have even just leading into 2020, he's going to be Master Chief. Which is a big thing in its own. He'll probably make it for my twenty twenty list too. Um, <laughs> wow, I just imagine I was like, God, I'm gonna be thirty five. But but uh no. I just think he's amazing, even as Sweeney. Uh he's very um what's the word for it? He's very diverse in his acting. He's not always the bad guy. He's not always the good guy. Uh, even in some aspects, like when he plays porn stash, I, d- I didn't even know that was Pablo. And right, even when he gets a beard or when he plays the bad guy, I'm like, God, he's so good at it. And even you know, playing a sweeney, I was like, I don't re- recognize this big, tall drink of water, but it's just <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I love Pablo Schreiber. As you said, what was great about his character as Kornstash on Orange and New Black, obviously, I think for a lot of us that was kind of our introduction to him. But he brought a lot of depth to that character that probably shouldn't have been brought. The fact that they felt the need not only to bring him back a few times throughout the series, but then also give him... A really nice ending. I don't know if I told you this, Brittany, but... So I didn't watch the last uh, season of Arms of New Black, but I skipped through the last episode of the series because I heard that he made an appearance. And it's really quick. It's in, like, the ending sequence, but it's him playing uh with, like, pots and pans with, you know, who he thinks is his daughter. You know, obviously we knew that Daya was pregnant with that other... Prison guard's baby, but then she kind of set up for uh porn Stash and her to have sex to pin that on him and later on in the series um uh Pablo not pa- uh porn mother adopts the baby because it's just the best situation for everyone at this point. Daya's uh former boo has ran out everything is bad with her home situation. she's never getting out of prison, so you do see Pornstash's mother agree to adopt the baby. And at the end of the series, you see him in the kitchen playing pots and Pans, like drum set with his daughter. And it's like the fact that they even felt a need to give him a happy ending, I think is largely because of Pablo's acting. And we see how much he brought a character like William Lewis and SBU to life. Matt Sweeney, what he was able to pull off as that character. I've enjoyed every character that he's played. I don't feel like there's one that I've said, oh, I don't really like that as much. I mean, you know, and we mentioned this a lot because it was such a bad movie, but he was probably the best thing in Skyscraper. <laughs> I know skyscraper was such an awful movie like i i remember people had so much problems with this movie they even made like a diagram of how it was impossible for him to leap from that beam into the skyscraper so pablo was the best thing he was the best thing about that movie and i have to say Brittany, i'm not trying to um I'll try and name drop here, but I do have to mention it really quickly. The other day when I was able to interview the great Orlando Jones, um, for about probably a minute, Orlando pretty much sang Pablo Shriver's praises and even said himself that he could not wait for Halo to come out. And that just reminded me how much, like, that's right. Pablo Schreiber is going to be Master Chief in the upcoming Halo series, and even though, as you know, I really don't know anything about the video game series Halo, it's going to have Pablo Schreiber in it, so I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Oh, I know, I know. I was like, you can name drop all you want, because I'm just happy about your interview. But I am ready for Master Chief. But people are going to have issues. But I think the Mandalorian's gonna set a good precedence for like how they'll handle the helmet, you know? Uh, because I know was it was it Kanan or Jawan that's like I bet he doesn't even wear the helmet. Oh, it's Jawan. Jawan has such like an issue because he's sitting there saying, "Oh, you don't get someone as beautiful as Pablo Shriver to play Master Chief because they're always gonna want to see his face." And as you just said. Pedro Pascal plays uh, the Mandalorian on The Mandalorian, and he's a beautiful man, and you never see his face, and I think that, for me personally as a fan of the show, I'm never sitting there going, oh, the show is lacking because we can't see his face. You hear his voice, you know it's him, and it's really good. I think that, well, this is Juwan's problem, right? <laughs> because there was a promo picture of freaking Pablo Shriver standing uh, with like the Master Chief's helmet in his hand and he was looking at it and Juwan took that as a sign that Pablo was gonna show his face in the show. And I'm like, they're probably just it, trolling. I'm like, they're probably just trolling all the little fanboys out there who are freaking out that he's gonna show his face. Or I forget who we were talking to as well but on one of the shows, and they said, imagine this is what it's going to be, right? You're going to see, like, one of the scenes is going to be Master Chief looking to lift up the helmet, and you're going to see his chin, and then it's going to fade to black. And it's like they're going to make you think, like, oh, you're going to see his face, but then they're just going to cut to black. And Joanne's like, nope, that's still too much. They're going to show his chin. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what gets me about it? about these characters wearing suits where you never see their face. I just want to know when they shower. I just want to know when they get clean. That's my biggest concern. Are they just, like, baking in their own grossness underneath those suits? (laughs) Well, I don't know how far you've come of The Mandalorian, if you've caught up at all, but there was one recent episode where pretty much The Mandalorian explains he can't ever... Show his face to other people, but he has taken his helmet off to eat and such like that. Because there's this one scene where he's talking to someone, and the person's like, Well, when's the last time you took your helmet off? and he's like, Yesterday, and the person's like, But how long has it been since someone has seen your face? and he is like, Since I was a kid, so they do, at least in The Mandalorian, he does take it off, it's just that no one else can see it, so I'm assuming probably that's the way it is with Master Chief, because I, real. Go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like so they've made the whole point of, like, where she's like, has anybody removed your mask? And he's like, no. Have you ever removed your helmet? No. And I'm like, but yes, he has. Technically. Technically. Well, you see there's at some point in the Mandalorian where He's at this village, and one of the women there gives him something to eat, and and she goes, I'll give you some privacy. And you see him sitting, and you see him take off his helmet, but not his face. It's more so like you see his back, and then you see the helmet, like, being placed on the table next to him. So, again, he takes it off, but just doesn't show anyone. And I think that that's going to be how it is in Halo, just because Realistically, if you have a living person, it's a very unrealistic to think that they're never going to take the helmet off. I mean, how are they going to eat? How are they going to shower? <laughs> uh, I know. I like how that's been my biggest concern. I think you always hear me go, but how? How do you? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. You're very much like the. uh You're like me when I was a kid and we were driving, and I was constantly asking, "Are we there yet?" But why? Oh, thanks, Aya. Thanks. It's okay, Brittany. This is why we love you. (laughs) It's the reason we can't have nice things. Whatever. But I think that Pablo Schreiber is a great way to start off this list. I think that he definitely is one of the best actors of the decade, and I can't wait to see what is next from him. I'm going to take the number nine, and I'm actually going to be putting a woman here because I think that it she is one of the best actresses of the decade, and I think we've seen that, and I don't think that we could have this list without acknowledging her, and it is going to be Margot Robbie because oh, she I, is? I've now seen a ton of shit with her in it, and she is Fantastic. I mean, first of all, I couldn't have asked for a better live action Harley Quinn. I think that no matter what your issues were with the first Suicide Squad movie, obviously, you have to see how big uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is. The fact that they are making the Birds of Prey movie, well, they made the Birds of Prey movie, and it's so heavily with her in it. That she's going to be returning for Jane's sons, The Suicide Squad, um, and then just everything else that she's been in. She was fantastic as Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You and I spoke about this even recently, where I said she's probably, you know, I liked her in that movie, even though I was kind of iffy about the movie itself. Yeah. But her, her also in Wolf of Wall Street was fantastic. I mean. I just think that she is a really good actress who isn't afraid to really transform into the characters that she's playing. And you think that, you know, this is just a stigma in Hollywood. You have someone who's so gorgeous as she is that maybe they're just going to rely on their looks a little, but she doesn't. She's a great actress and she brings her A-game. And I have actually not seen the movie Bombshell. I heard that, A, she was fantastic in it, I heard that the movie itself was great. So I'm going to put Margot Robbie here as my number nine. Um, Brittany, what do you think about Margot Robbie, not only as, say, Harley Quinn, but as as an actor in general? Well, I think it's pretty perfect, because she really has stole the show in everything she's been in. I think I remember telling you, like, you know, besides just like looks, though, I will touch on looks. Though, is that um, I think I remember we were watching Wolf on Wall Street, and I'd never seen it, and I was like, "How can someone be this beautiful? It's not even <laughs> fair." But even as Harley, she stole the show. And you can say, "Well, oh, it's just because she played Harley." Well, I think people would be pretty rough to say, like, uh, "Like, how, how is it like not my Harley?" But if they didn't <laughs> like her, and people are obsessed with her, like wildly obsessed with her. And I thought on Wolf on Wall Street, she was amazing, too. I just think she's one of those people that every time she plays in something, people are obsessed with her. And that's got to show some acting chops somewhere, right? Well, even so, I didn't see the movie I, Tanya or kind of personal reasons, just because I don't think that Tanya Harding should be given any sort of recognition at all. But I heard that uh, Margot Robbie was so great as her, that she just did a phenomenal job as uh, Tanya Harding and portraying this character and really just going through the ringer about it. But I have to say, with Margot Robbie, like as you said, being Harley Quinn is People, as you said, are obsessed with it. Um, The other day, we, I don't know if you remember who the actress was, Brittany Murphy? Yes. Yes, I do. Because I always thought it was so odd that she passed away the way she did. Well, so a few days ago was the 10-year anniversary of Brittany Murphy's death. And um, someone posted on Twitter, and I commented underneath, I said, sometimes I even forget that she's dead and that I remember when there was a time on the internet where people wanted her to play a live-action version of Harley Quinn. Oh, my God. The comments underneath people are literally duking it out of, oh, Brittany Murphy would have been such a much better Harley Quinn than Margot Robbie, and then you have people oh, like man. Margot Robbie. And then you have people like Margot Robbie's So that's How dare you? Like the the Oh, the shit. <laughs> The battle that is ensuing right now, like, I haven't even paid attention. I'm like, wow, this, like, this triggered some I like how you started a shitstorm and then you just walked away from it. Well, because I didn't really have any strong opinions about it. I'm like, I love Margot Robbie. I think that she is a fantastic Harley Quinn. Um, But maybe Brittany Murphy would have been a good Harley Quinn as well. I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot with her in it, so I can't sit there and definitively say But, holy shit, I remember being on the Internet at that time, and there was so much fan art of Brittany Murphy as Harley Quinn to Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, that oh, was a shit. Yeah, so, exactly. It, it, Um, created a bit of a shitstorm, I will say that, but, yeah, um, did you know, by the way, I always forget this, that Margot Robbie's Australian? I did not know that. That is good to know. I don't know why it's good to know, but it's good to know. I don't know, it's just kind of like, does America produce any good talent? No. I almost named someone that I was like, well, they're a good talent. And then I'm like, shit, they're British. Which one was it? (laughs) uh, Tom Hardy. I don't know why I wanted to say he's American. (laughs) I don't know why I had that moment. That definitely, I feel like, was a conversation recently. Oh, I had that with my parents. I was talking about it. I said, yeah, you know Tom Hardy, British, blah blah. blah. My dad's like, what? <laughs> He's not American, and, and he, he can't can, even do, like, I like, you know, I love that man, but he can't do an American accent, so I don't know why I was like, oh yeah, him. <laughs> He's not Shit. bad in some instances, like in Lawless, I thought he was fine, but that's like um. Speaking lines, he grunted. Tia, he grunted. <laughs> I think that sometimes he does a fairly decent American accent, but when he did Eddie Brock in Venom, Whew. that was something it was bad. bad. But it's the same thing like Benedict Cumberbatch in the Marvel Universe. Like I love Doctor Strange, but that the man can't do an American accent. Like it, It's struggling. You can hear it. And I'm like, why not just make Doctor Strange British? Like, what is the big deal? Let, let him just speak the way that he needs to speak because this American accent. I think people would American be accent. more good with it. You know what I mean? They would be like, oh, he yeah. sounds so, like, proper and educated. Yeah, it's like it's like um, his American accent is just as bad as Elizabeth Olsen's Russian accent. <laughs> From, uh, Who? Of Who did you say? Elizabeth Olsen Wanda when like she oh, was doing God. that Russian accent yes. in, in I the Ultron. Yeah, I mean it was Very so bad true. that they made her they made her lose it like in Infinity War. They're like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, She's accent for entire life loses it in the five seconds with the Avengers. I just see them see it, like watching her go through speech therapy to get rid of the freaking accent. It was just a really bad Russian accent. I don't know what they were thinking there. But, um, oh, God, I was going to make another point, and I completely lost it. But Margot Robbie does a good American accent, and I think that's why I just forgot that she wasn't actually American, that she was Australian. So, um, yeah, so number nine is going to be Margot Robbie. I think she is insanely talented. And even though I really don't have a whole lot of interest for the Birds of Prey movie, I will see it because she's in it, and that's that. But, Brittany, what's your number eight? Oh, man, I'm looking at my list, and I'm checking it twice. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to go with Brink Girl. I'm going to go ahead and put them there because even though I love them, there is... Lenny more at the top, but okay. One thing I don't know. I can't remember if it was in the 2010s that he is the part of the like biggest uh, box office hit for the Chinese. Uh, how would you say the Chinese um, movie, movie experience? I don't know how to put that in the proper words. But that movie he was part of, uh I can't remember the name of it. It was like the Wolf something. It's like mm-hmm. I, I love all the like things that like you know how you'll see like those um those clickbait things. It's like how this one white guy became the biggest villain in a Chinese movie and I always think that's so funny. But he was he's so good at everything he plays. I think we've talked about how there'll be a movie and it's a bad movie. And he ends up being the best thing about that movie every single time. Like without fail. And I'm just like, How? How are you so good at this? Um, I also, you know, you know, I love me some uh some big badness and then he goes by freaking big daddy. Who goes by big daddy in a movie? And pulls it off. He does. I'm I'm good with calling him his Daddy, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What is the name of the movie that he played with? Uh, oh, what's his You're name? You're doing wonderfully here. <laughs> I I know. No, I've I've got like I'll explain it in a minute through message, but uh, no, I'm trying to think of. He played the Falcon. What? Oh, oh, point blank, point blank. On that point one. blank. Even when he plays the bad guy, like, he's interchangeable enough that, like, the whole time you're supposed to be rooting against him. But you're like, shit, I love him. I need him to be the good guy. You know what I mean? It's just that I don't know how to put into words how much I love him. It's just that even Into the Ashes, Which was like, you know, when it first started, I was like, man, this movie's so freaking good. And then it turned into a big trash fire. And then, uh, but he ended up being the best part of it. But uh, also, I think, you know, even when I showed him to my mom, even on the physical aspect, she was like, that is not the body of like a (laughs) 50-year-old. So Frank Rilla is fifty four and the movie that you're referring to was Wolf Warrior Two. Came out in two thousand and seventeen and is like the highest grossing uh movie in China. And I think it even broke internationally. It's like for two thousand seventeen was like the third highest grossing movie like in the world. So it was huge. But yes. I agree. Frank Grillo, first of all, is in a ton of shit and is going to be in a ton of shit. Like, I feel that almost every two seconds I'm getting a notification that he has been announced to be in a new uh, movie or a new TV show. As I said, Brittany, we have to watch the fifth season of Billions because Corey Stoll and Frank Grillo are going to be in it. But I need it to I, come out already. <laughs> I feel like Frank Grillo takes a lot of roles, right? Which, hell, man, if I were an actor, I would do as well, because you need to make money, right? Um, and some, as you said, are not so good. Like, some of the movies are, like, into the ashes, and there was this movie in 2017 called Brook, which I thought was going to be good, and it was not good. But oh. to me... Frank Grillo was the best part of the Purge series. Um, I had really no desire to watch the Purge movies that came afterwards just because he wasn't in it. Um, the movie Wheelman was fantastic on Netflix. As you said, point blank, him and Anthony Mackie. I thought they had a really good like chemistry with each other and really made for a great like fun movie that, really was unexpected about how much I actually enjoyed that um but yeah he's going to be in like four movies in 2020 like that's a shit ton and I just my whole thing is that he probably doesn't seem like too many that maybe he's that good an actor because he's very like, muscular, and he kind of always plays, like, say, the bad guy, blah, blah. But I think that Frank Grillo can play emotions. I think that he can be different enough in movies to really kind of make these standout characters, at least that's how I feel whenever I see him, because there's a huge difference between, say, his character in the Purge series, to his character in Point Blank, to his character in Wolf Warrior Two, and I really like that about him. He's a very uh, passionate fighter. Um, like he had a small documentary series on Netflix where he went to a few different countries and kind of explored like their fight world. And I thought that that was really cool. I, so did I have think that, movie that, and that sounds cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a travel series um, on Netflix. There's was only about five episodes, but he went to Thailand. He went to a few other countries. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he went to Israel. Um, and they were really cool episodes to kind of show, like, how, say, like, martial arts are really ingrained into a lot of things. He was really funny in one of them. I forget what country they were in. But he was like looking at the street food and he's like he's like, I'm not Andrew Zimmer. I'm not going to to be eating anything crazy oh here. My he's gosh. like <laughs> Oh man, I would watch an entire thing of him like eating though. Like no lie. <laughs> As I said in the beginning of the show this is probably just gonna be an episode of Brittany and I fan girling. Over the actors that we enjoy so much, and Frank Grillo is definitely an actor that uh, he's he's been around for a while. Like, and it's funny is that I think he gets better looking with age, honestly. Because if you look at things of when he was say younger, or if he was even like, okay, he was in this movie Warrior, right, with uh, Tom Hardy, and he's really good. But even looking back on then, it was only in two thousand eleven. He had such a baby face, and he was even in like one or SBU like way long ago baby face, oh, he was in prison break, that too baby face like it's just crazy he didn't even look like himself there, you know it is funny, you know what part of it is, I think mm-hmm. is my mom when I showed you know how I said she was like, oh man." Uh, you know, he doesn't look like a, a 50-something-year-old. But I will say my mom did go, but, man, his face is messed up. And I was like, well, he was a boxer. And I think that's part of it is is that his face was, like, probably not as beat up when he was younger. But I think it really adds character for him. That's like um – um. My Dad always points out Mickey Rourke, who yes. uh, you, you know who you know who Mickey Rourke is right, yeah, um, yeah. but my dad always points out like how much of a heartthrob he was when he first came out, but then uh he got into boxing and pretty much got his like face beat the shit, and that's why he like the if he probably looks the way he does it as a combination of fighting and also probably plastic surgery, but in the case of, say, Frank Grillo, he definitely looked like that because he was getting punched. <laughs> right, right. And you know what? I'm good with him getting punched. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Now, I love that you put Frank Grillo down because I think that Frank Grillo is one of those people that people e- either really like where they really say don't like because he's had a few say like off comments that we're not going to get into that, you know, people are not necessarily the biggest fans of, but um I think that he's a great actor and I look forward to anything that I see him in. Cause I'm like, Oh, that guy. <laughs> I know she that, that I guy. Like that. I know that guy. I like that guy. I, that is pretty much my general consensus. So yeah. Um, fantastic, uh, point for number eight. I'm going to get to number seven. Now he probably should be a little higher up on this list, but as we always said, this list is very fluid and I have other people that I want to put on that I'm a little more what you I would call cool. it biased towards that, uh, you know, just because I'm a fan girl. So My number seven is going to be Marashala Ali. You know Oh, shit. Uh, You can't have a list of best actors of the decade. Like, obviously, you and I can be, you know, all fangirls and just want to put, like, who we love the most. But either way, you have to put Marashala Ali just because he is such a wildly freaking talented person. I mean, he's literally won two Oscars. He's just fantastic. He is so just amazing. I mean, first time I saw him, and I'm sure this is probably the first time maybe a lot of people saw him, was playing Cottonmouth on the Luke Cage series. And even though he was the bad guy, I wanted to see more of him. I hated that his character got killed halfway throughout season one, and they replaced it with just a really subpar villain. Because to me, he was able to bring such life into that character who should have probably been a bit of a one-dimensional villain, but instead just made him so well-rounded, especially towards the end of his run on uh, <laughs> the stage. But hang on one second. Brittany for a second. I was going to say, uh, Marsha Ali, I believe, did end up on uh, the Top 100 Most Influential People of 2019, but uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, it's so funny. As the dog started barking, the cat started growling at something else, and I was like, oh, man, what are they getting into? But uh, I'm so I don't- sorry about that. That's a bit of a. Freaking Amazon packaging getting dropped off at my freaking door. Don't you know I'm recording right now? <laughs> Don't yes, you sir. know who I am? <laughs> I was like, oh no. As soon as my dog started barking, I was like, who is this? I was like, who is knocking at my door? Is it freaking my super? Is it my boyfriend? Freaking uh, what your it? Was I was going to say, this is it his mom? Like, who is at my door? Nope, it is Amazon packaging. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. As soon as I heard the knock, I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I heard the lady and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but all you I was touching on is. No, no, you're fine. I was going to say, uh, as I was Googling him, he actually in 2019. Uh, did end up on the top hundred uh, most influential people, and um, he was also the first black person to win two Academy Awards. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that he's just he's just so amazing. Like, I've seen him in the third season of True Detective, which we actually put down as our well, well, I put down in our top 10 uh tv shows of 2019 and it was primarily due to his performance in it i thought that he was really good in that um oh, sorry i was like you know me i get flustered when stuff like this i was like me that is not please it's um, the curse. yeah it's the curse it's the freaking curse so i've never seen moonlight which um won in 2016, and I believe that's also the movie that he won an Oscar for, and I know that I should see Moonlight, I should see Green Book, but I heard, obviously, he won Oscars for them, so that just speaks volumes to his performance, and I just think that even if you don't watch that, right, he has been in so much, I watched a few of his episodes in House of Cards, you can see him in Luke Cage, True Detective, um And he was actually also in this like Netflix movie that wasn't say like the best, but he was like scary in it. And it's called Roxanne Roxanne, which is like the real uh, life telling of this R&B artist back in the '90s. And he was like abusive, scary. Like there was nothing. No, scary. no. Yeah, <laughs> There was, like, nothing endearing about his performance, but it was, like, still really good. So I just, I think when I see this man, I'm like, it's so wonderful that someone like this is getting recognized for his talent, and he seems very humble, and he seems just like an all-around fantastic person to work with. And the fact that, I don't know if you know this, Brittany, I'm sure you know, like, the first part of this, but... Um, that Marashala Ali is going to play Blade in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, like, could you think of a better person in modern day to play Blade? I mean, that's amazing. But apparently the way that it happened is that Kevin Feige, who's the head of Marvel, said that Marashala called him up and was like, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about potentially playing Blade. And Kevin Feige's like, Well, when Marashala Ali calls you and requests to play Blade, you don't say no. (laughs) Right, right. I was going to say, like, I I, I was going to say, I didn't know that was who was wanting to play Blade. But now, like, in my head, I see it. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, there would, like, face everything, the attitude for it. He'll do perfect at it. Right, I think when they announced it at San Diego Comic Con, cause so I obviously wasn't there, but I watched the whole thing, and it was like the panel of Marvel was coming to a close, and Kevin Feige's like, okay, we talked about Phase Four. Obviously, Phase Five is a little bit away, but we do have someone who has already like got it down that they're gonna play a character, and we just we're really excited. We can't wait. We have to have him come up on stage and there's Marshal Ali coming up on stage and he's wearing a hat that says blade on it. And like it's so funny actually now that I'm remembering it. Um oh, Juan Juan and Joel did a Facebook live reaction to the San Diego Comic Con panel. And when you see their faces, like, I think that Joelle, like, literally jumped up and started hugging Joanne. Like, when Marsha Ali is, like, announced as the new Blade, their reactions are hilarious. I want to ask Joanne if I can find that again because it was so priceless. But, yeah, that, that this is how it's just amazing this actor is that it elicits such, like, passionate reactions from people. Oh, I know. I, it's just like, I think for one thing, is that, you know, a lot of people talked about Blade and, you know, being about part of the Marvel Universe. But, you know, we always go about Iron Man being the first Marvel movie, but wasn't technically Blade one of the first ones to be made into a live action? But, you know, it didn't well, have much I... of Well, Iron Man was the first movie in the MCU. There were certainly other Marvel movies like, say, Blade um, and The Punisher, even. Uh, The Punisher had two movies, well, three technically, Uh, but they're not within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Blade, actually, you know, everyone sits there and goes, oh, Logan or Deadpool. I forget which one came first now, (laughs) Um, but I think it was Deadpool. But oh, the first uh, rated R. You know, comic book movie, and it's like, um, did you forget Blade exists? Because that was rated R, and I believe that that may have, or maybe The Punisher, I forget, but you know, those were some of the first rated R superhero movies, not a Deadpool or Logan. Yeah, I had to sit and think about. You know, I will admit I've never seen Blade. I haven't either. Not that I uh, I think I was just too uh, I think I was just too young when it came out. Um maybe but too. I feel like, I feel like in a way that Wesley Snipes could probably still play Blade. Um but apparently uh, there was an interview where Wesley Snipes uh, gave his congratulations to Marshall Ali and essentially pass the torch so that's nice right like, oh that you don't is want nice a, you don't want an actor who's like god damn it why didn't they ask for me back <laughs> right right even though it's been like years because i'm just say like, if you could play the card of like i think i was too young when it came out i was like i was definitely too young then yeah oh yeah exactly me look when it came out really quick just because i'm that type of person oh i know (sighs) it's like me and are the type it's like oh it's gonna bug us until we till we figure it out all right so the first one came out in 1998 i was eight years old i was definitely not watching some rated r movie about vampire slayers and shit like that i mean i was still watching Barney, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was say I was four years old. I would not remember that. Yeah, exactly. But um, I had to put Marshal Ali down for number seven. I just respect this man so much. And I think that anything that he's in, just even if you don't like Green Book, or I, I'll say this really quick, um, you know, Green Book had a little bit of some controversy behind it right, where um, it winning the Oscar kind of garnered a lot of questions from people. But I think even people who questioned that could not deny how good Maharshala Ali's performance in it was. So that's my number seven. Brittany, what is your number six? You know, of this man, and I would rather him be number one, but I can't do that. I need to put oh. Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan not being the number one for you. I know, I know. <laughs> but to be fair, you know, he's played a lot of great things, but, you know, he has played some, like, small parts in other movies, but him playing um, Negan has really taken over. And even though that's, like, a cult classic at this point of negan and everything i was like there's others that deserve it more even though i loved him the most out of everyone but i think (laughs) what it is is that he has such like i don't often use this word like swagger like for like such an (laughs) older man like, he is still spry, and it's like, you can go, well, you're not that old. I'm like, well, he is in his 50s. He's older than my parents, and I am obsessed with him, and I don't know how to feel about that. And you know what <laughs> I have to say? I feel pretty darn good about it now that I think about it. But yeah, he, yeah. Does such, <laughs> he does such a great job as Negan as, you know, and that is one of the big, big things he's played because I will say that um the Resident, even though it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> you know, it was before the 2010s. Uh, but he was the best part about it, okay? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> he did play in this or That's what I'm saying. It's like, when I sit back, and you know I'm obsessed with um, there's not a lot of big movies he's been a part of, besides being a part of the Walking Dead. And, you know, that was his big comeback. You know, that was how I found him. You know, we did have him in Supernatural, you know, as, uh, oh, the dad. John, to John Winchester. John? John. John. Oh, I thought he said Don. I was like, it ain't Don. I don't know what it is, but it ain't Don. Yes, yeah, John Winchester. You know, that, I think, was my first glance at him, but me actually getting in and, like, and not sleeping on Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, isn't that an idea? No, i <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> Oh, so bad. But, uh, though, with Negan as a part of the Walking Dead series, and that was what made me go back and through and look... You know he does put himself so much into these characters because even as Negan, the part where uh, they fake Maggie's death and like there's the burial and he looks all concerned and then he hears the gunshot and then just like that expression change like chilled me and I was like God he's so good he's so good Tia like he has to be on the list. Oh of course I mean. When I first, you know, decided that we were going to do this list, I was, like, telling Brittany, you know, it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. We're just going to go through some of our favorite actors. And I was like, Brittany, you can put Jeffrey Dean Morgan down. And I think that's when Brittany's like, oh, now I'm excited for this list. It was Frank Grillo and J.D. Morgan that got me. Yeah, that's how I reeled you in. But I remember, obviously, like, knowing Jeffrey Dean Morgan as John Winchester on Supernatural, which I actually kind of hated John Winchester. Like, what a dick. was' um, hey, such a bad dad until the end. Yeah, exactly. But when Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I forget what, I wasn't writing for Geek Vibes Nation at the time. I forgot what site I was writing for. But when he was announced, uh, well, first of all, not even us, I'm sorry. He went on to some talk show, right? And he said, I can't um, confirm, like, what character I'm playing, but I am going to be joining the cast of The Walking Dead. And I'm going to be playing a character, and it's going to be pretty a pretty big character. He's like, but I can't tell you what character it is. And I just remember everyone was like, he's playing Negan. He's playing Negan. Oh, like, shit. He has he has to be playing Negan. Like, I remember all of the, like, internet and the people I was writing for, they were like, yeah, absolutely, he has to be playing Negan. Um, but, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's been around for a while. I mean, a lot of people, I think my mom, like, knew him as, uh, you know, from Grey's Anatomy. I mean, he's been in, say, a lot of shit. And this is confession time, right, Brittany? Oh, I know. I have actually never fully watched The Watchmen, <laughs> which is hey, uh, one. No, it's okay. I can only watch up to his parts, except his parts are hard to stomach. That's what I'm saying. You know, I've seen the clips, I've seen a few things. I know the gist of it. It's like three hours long, you yeah. <laughs> know? Um, but obviously, that's another big. Part that he's known for and I think that he is a really good actor because there are some times that he can play say the playful person like Negan but then also in that one movie um oh god the salvation you know there was oh like, god, like I he forgot was, about the salvation so good sorry yeah I had to point like that like out <laughs> he was dangerous as Delarue, and he really is it. And I think honestly, he's another person that got better looking with age. Um, oh, definitely, most, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really rocks that whole gray man vibe going on. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. He seems like a very like down to earth person. Um, doesn't he like? raise goats or something <laughs> he has a farm and he loves this farm he has a donkey and two dogs and he's got his wife and his son and now his new daughter and they just live on this uh, farm in upper new york you want to know a fun fact oh god yes Jensen Ackles, you know, who plays Dean on yeah. uh, Supernatural, actually introduced him to his wife. What, didn't he introduce um, Sam? the guy that plays Sam and his wife? Well, no, um, Jared Padalecki's wife was on the show. Okay, but I do remember that. I do remember that because I was like, God, he's a matchmaker in here. Yeah, right? And I will say that, you know, I really dislike the movie Batman versus Superman. But I will say that Jeffrey D. Morgan was a really good Thomas Wayne. And if they had ever really wanted to go in the direction of, um, what is that one anime movie that you tell me about sometimes? Which one? Uh, there is the, the Flashpoint Paradox. Is that the one where Thomas Wayne becomes Batman? Anytime kind of yes, a bad Batman? Because it's like an alternate future, yes. Yeah, I feel like Jeffrey Dean Morgan could have been amazing in that type of position. Like, if they had ever wanted to do a Flashpoint Paradox movie and bring in a Thomas Wayne and do that whole thing. J.D. Morgan would have been brilliant in that position. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I I want it to happen, but I feel like it won't. I feel like they ruined their chances by adding him in for five seconds. Well, you know, the thing is also because Zack Snyder isn't a part of it anymore. Zack Snyder had, like, all these plans, and I feel like with Zack Snyder being gone from WV, that pretty much they are not following in those plans at all. I mean, if you look at it, they've kind of gotten rid of, like, all of his characters except for, say, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, because those are the ones bringing in the big talk. They but survived the Snyder survived. cut. Oh, I, I would get a thousand angry, like, people attacking me. But um I I'm I'm glad that Zack Snyder doesn't have his claws on this universe anymore. There you go. I said it. I don't care. Um the new throw trailer lock your doors that night, girl. Yeah. The trailer for the new Wonder Woman movie looks amazing and it's because Patty Jenkins is in full control there. I said it. <laughs> oh shit. Have you watched the trailer for the new Wonder Woman movie? It's absolutely fantastic. I have not yet. I hear it's good, though. I hear everybody raving about it, and I feel like I'm sleeping on it. You are sleeping on it. You are really sleeping on it. It is so good. Tedra Pascal is in it. What? Okay. Now I definitely need it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying that man, like, he comes to show that, like, when people are like, it, it's kind of like, um, what's his name? My brain is like mush because of all that stuff. But, um, oh, what's his name? I, I'm just basically saying that even though you're older and you feel like, oh, your big break hasn't come yet, it's like, Man, you got all these older guys that are, like, getting their break now. Even, like, J.D. Morgan, he played in a lot of stuff, but right now he's getting a ton of shit. You know what I mean? This is why I always say that if you are someone who is looking to kind of get in the business, I don't think that you should be discouraged simply because you're not an 18-year-old getting into it because there are plenty of actors who have a lot of staying power who um, didn't start their careers so they were older in life. I mean, it wasn't that the case for David Harbour? That that's what I was trying to think of. I, that's what I was saying. Like, my brain has been so bald since everything that I was like, David Harbour. But I wanted to call him, like, Frank Harbour? Like, my brain could not compute his name. Well, I mean, that also, though, is the same thing with Jessica Chastain. Her first big movie was in Lawless. That's when everyone started paying attention to her. And she was, like, 30, 35. Um, when that happened, like, somewhere in between that age bracket. But she has been doing, like, movies here and there, you know, and, like, no one knew who the hell she was. And it's like – and she said, she was like, it's taking this long. And that sometimes happens. And I think that, in a way, that's almost a good thing because then they don't burn out so quickly. That is a good point because, well, you see what happened to a lot of these child actors. Exactly, exactly, which makes me a little nervous about the child actors that are so famous right now from, say, Stranger Things, the It movies, and... Oh, I know. uh, Those movies. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but um, Brittany, amazing job putting Jeffrey Jean Morgan down as number six. I was waiting for you to put him down, but also quite surprised that he's this far up on the list, but, you know... No, Judge, I'll see who the next two were that you're picking, but I, oh, will, no. <laughs> I will do the number five, and I feel like when you talk about some of the best acting that we have seen in the past decade, I cannot not mention Christian Bale, because, oh, shit. Is just a first, like, first of all, as a recent movie, right? You know, I went to the movies. I saw um, I saw Cord versus Ferrari, and he was unbelievable in it. Like I walk, obviously, I walked into that movie because John Burnfall was in it. But I walked out of that movie just like, wow. I mean, no other person like is as good, I guess, as Christian Bale. Like, he was just phenomenal in it. He was so oh, good. good. It, it was amazing, like, and, and I think that if there weren't such great contestants for the award season this year, because I really do think that there are also, enough, like, amazing other actors as well, so that's why I'm not going to say that he definitely has it, but if there weren't other people there, uh, Christian Bale would be a shoe in to win, say, like, the Golden Globe or the Oscars, because that's how good he was. In Ford versus Ferrari, but besides that, like every movie he's been in, um, The Fighter came out in 2010, so just there on the cusp. But that another amazing performance. The Dark Knight I rises. The I mean, changes like his body transformations. I'm like Jesus. How are you? Not dead? Are insane, honestly, and I mean, just so good. And I have to like even. Point out that I think I told you this but recently I saw the movie Vice where Christian Bale this was last year right and he actually won an Oscar for it which fuck, he deserved it um, he plays Dick Cheney I don't know what I expected going into that movie but it wasn't what I expected and it was everything and more like it was so good he was so good um, like so frightening. Is it the movie you needed but didn't deserve? Pretty much, pretty much, because I don't know what I expected from a movie where Christian Bale like plays former Vice President Dick Cheney. But I believe, but but I believe in his Oscar acceptance speech, he um thanked Satan because he had to embody the devil in order. to to play this role pretty much. And oh, I felt that, I felt that on, the, on, the, on a personal level watching it. I was like, you know what? He really did uh, embody the devil while embodying this role. So, so good. Um, Christian Bale is just a phenomenal actor, insanely talented. I know that he could probably be a little bit of a wild card in his, uh, like, personal life. I mean, I think we've kind of all listened to the taste of him yelling at people on set, but as far as acting goes, it's just he has dominated this past decade. Like, He's just really stressed much, out from starving himself. I would be too. Did you know in that one movie, The Machinist, right? I, I'll, I'll always say this, so I'm probably a broken record, but he got down to hundred and twenty pounds by eating literally one can of tuna per day and he had said that he wanted to get down to ninety pounds. And all of the people on and all the people on the movie had to be like, No, Christian Bale, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. You look already like a skeleton. We don't need you to lose. Oh any my more god. Weight. And he was like, "No, I could lose more." And they're like, "No, <laughs> no." They're like, "How about not? How about you calm down, buddy?" Yeah, like we don't need you passing out on set. I mean, the man's six feet tall, um, 120 pounds. That's that's skin and bone. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how he, I don't know how he continues to do it. Like me for. You know, I already want to lose weight, and I feel like, as an actress, if they were like, we need you to gain weight, I'd be like, nope, nope, I I work too hard to lose weight. (laughs) I ain't gaining weight. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so I just love Christian Bale, and hashtag, he's my Batman. Oh, man. Oh, man. Did I tell you Yes. What did you say? you you go ahead I was just laughing did I tell you that um yesterday I watched Argo and I immediately texted Juwan afterwards and I was like and this is related because of Batman right um and I texted Juwan I was like all right Joanne, I just saw the second performance of Ben Affleck that I liked and he was like um, your Ben Affleck privileges are revoked. And I said to him, I like, go, oh, good. I didn't want him anyway. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Extra shots fired. Yes. Tia has strong shot. feelings about Ben Affleck. I really Man. do. I wish. I wish they weren't there, right? I wish I could hop on the like you know the bandwagon and you know. Enjoy, I guess, as much as other people, but I can't. I've tried. It's not for a lack of trying. It really isn't. But yeah, no. <laughs> um, You're like I. I wanted to like them. Oh I gave full effort, but I have nothing left. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah. So Christian Bale is my number five. Brittany. Um, let's truck right along. What's your number four? Oh, man, I'm, like, looking at my list, and I'm checking it twice. I already made that joke. I'm making it again. Um, <laughs> one of these names, I feel like you're going to say, so not I'm going like to go ahead and go. What was that? you were like, one of these names, and I'm, like, it's not like the other. Wasn't that Oh, Princess shit, me? Tia, One of these names is boo. not like the other. <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> I, I'm going to go with Tom Hardy. Because I love that, uh, man. That's why I couldn't put, there's another one on my list that I'm like, oh, they deserve it. They deserve well, it. But, but I don't know which one you're going to pick because I already have my two. And I don't know. I don't know, Brittany. You should just roll the dice here for your number two maybe. But go ahead. Let's talk about some Tom Hardy. I, I, I need some Tom Hardy. First off, Lawless. I know everybody else may have slept on that movie, but me and Chia did not. He was so gruff, and even though, like like we said, he didn't speak a lot, which is funny because um, the forest in the books is supposed to be scrawny, and they were like, oh, you know how we'll cover up the muscles he got from playing Bane? We'll layer sweaters on top of his muscles. That'll make him look smaller. <laughs> That's a great idea. But, um, no, he was great. You have Inception. You have, uh, you know, even Venom, which I still haven't seen yet. You have Bane. You have, uh I'm trying to think of others. He's played in so much. He was even in The Revenant, which is where Leonardo DiCaprio finally got his uh, Oscar. It's Even though like, arguably Tom Hardy deserved the Oscar in that in that movie. Oh, shit. Shot up! But uh, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, when I sit back and think about someone that's played in a lot that's just really blown it away each time, I have to go with Tom Hardy. Even in Taboo, you know how much I love that show. I'm still waiting on season two with bated breath and hoping it comes out. Oh, you have Peaky Blinders, where you played Alfie. Like, he steals the show on everything he does. And, like, I'm trying to think. I still haven't seen Inception, but people talk about I know even you were like, oh, Tom Hardy stole the show in that. He's amazing. I just think it's one of those things that he's so interchangeable. I love his accent. He's the first guy I've ever looked at and gone, huh, I like his lips. And I was like, that's a really odd thing. But he's just so (laughs) unconventionally pretty, if that makes sense. Tom Hardy is able to really throw himself into a lot of different projects. And to me, I think he's very much a character actor because if you kind of, go through all of his movies he there he looks unrecognizable and sometimes it's not even say the the facial hair or if there's a prosthetic or something like that it's just his eyes his facial expressions his his voice he really creates these characters you know he was Bane in The Dark Knight Rises Lawless obviously was like our huge introduction to him um, I even liked him in Child Forty Four, you know, that Russian one with uh Joel Kinneman. Uh he was yeah. in Mad he was in Mad Max, uh, fucking phenomenal. Legend, where he literally played two people in the movie. That's the one where he played Ronnie and Reggie Cray. And um really fun fact about that. Two fun facts, actually, you remember Legend, right? I told you about that one. Where he plays the that- brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say the uh, I think we kind of I didn't watch it, watch it. Wait, is Legend the one where they're fighting or with the the brothers that where he plays himself like plays both sides? Both brothers. He he plays both. Like He plays both brothers in the movie, right? And the whole thing is that um, Ronnie and Reggie Cray were real life people And they really wanted him to play Reggie, who was, like, you know, the good-looking brother, who was very, you know, uh, suave and charismatic, but also the one who would, like, beat his wife. Um, And they really wanted him to play Reggie, but he really wanted to play Ronnie, who was the, um, like, the, uh, you know, the crazy one, essentially, like, the one with the lit fuse, pretty much. And he said to them, he's like, I'll play Reggie if you also let me play Ronnie. And they were like, well, oh, fuck, shit. yeah, okay. <laughs> um, oh, actually, shit. Actually, in that movie, the wife of Reggie is the same one who plays Laura Moon in American God. So, fun fact for you there. Um, oh, shit. like." But yeah, I mean, The Revenant, Dunkirk, I personally liked Venom a lot more than I thought it, I was going to. I think that's because I probably walked in with like zero expectations for it because all the critics like slammed it. So I actually genuinely liked it more because I was like, wow, my expectations were at zero and this actually exceeded my expectations. But as you said, um, Taboo, Peaky Blinders, I mean, these are just, insanely fantastic performances by Tom Hardy, and I think that you don't get much better than him because any role that he gets into, he's going to do whatever he can to um, really just bring that part to life, right? And yes, as you said, his American accent does at times leave something to desire. (laughs) right I'm like I'm like he's absolutely perfect but but it's like it's because he's so British he's so British you can't you can't take that out of him I think the movie that I felt like Tom Hardy had the most British accent was this movie Lock um which is on Netflix it's to me not that good just because there really wasn't a whole lot to it um Pretty much, let me tell you about Locke really, really quick, right? Because I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I was telling them about the movie Wheelman. Remember that movie with Frank Grillo where he's, like, in the car for most of the movie, and he has yes, to, like. Yes. So I was telling about that movie to one of my coworkers, and I was saying, like, wow, like, it was really good because he's in a car the whole time, but he's kind of badass, and he's kicking ass, and blah, blah, blah. And my coworker goes, oh, that's like this movie with Tom Hardy. He's in a car the whole time. And I was and he's like, it's on Netflix. And I was like, great. I was like, you're telling me that there's a movie like Wheelman, but with Tom Hardy? Awesome. Yeah, no. It wasn't that at all. Yeah, he was in a car the whole time, but there was no action. It was just him talking on the phone for like a solid hour and a half. And I'm like, okay. I was waiting for some action the whole entire time, and it never happened. I remember going back to work, and I was like, WTF? And my coworker's like, I never said there was action. I'm like, I'm telling you about Wheelman, and you're saying it's like Wheelman. And it was nothing like Wheelman except for the fact that he was in a car. <laughs> I feel like there's false advertisement here. <laughs> Very much false advertisement, but yeah. I love Tom Hardy. I feel like, you know what's so amazing is that I remember when he was so like unnoticed, right? Um, Because I had seen him, obviously, in The Dark Knight Rises. But even at that point, he still, say, wasn't like that big. And I remember like the fan base for Tom Hardy was really small. Like, You know, he wasn't the main, like, billing person in Inception, even though he was great in Inception. That went to Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitz was in it, who was very big at the time. So, you know, Tom Hardy had just pretty much done, like, a lot of, say, like, British movies that were very, like, big in the cult classic sort of way, but not to, like, a mainstream level. And it has been so cool throughout the past decade seeing Tom Hardy actually become a household name. Like, that's awesome. He went yep. from uh, he went from MySpace selfies to red carpet glam. <laughs> I wish I would have been old enough to really, like, see the heyday in MySpace. I think I made one, but I was too young to really use it. But I hear my boyfriend talk about MySpace. I hear you talk about MySpace and then all the Jeffree Star stuff, I'm like MySpace is the best. I'll i I'll still say this to this day. Like, first of all, Facebook and Twitter would not be or Instagram would not be around if it weren't for MySpace. And I still think that none of those um sites can hold the candle to MySpace. Like Tom, I don't like that you you uh you sold MySpace. It was a beautiful thing. I'm just saying that. <laughs> uh, um, now I'm sad. There was, there was this meme one time, not this meme, but like uh, a few years ago, someone like tweeted out to Tom, like pretty much calling him like a loser for selling MySpace and being a sellout. And he pretty much like clapped back and he was like, oh, yeah, that check really makes me a sellout or something like that. Like, <laughs> the, the, the amount of money that he received for MySpace. You know, mm-hmm. that's what... It, Go I was going to say when people are always like. Oh, Sella. I'm like, so you're telling me that you just have to take a tiny bit of a pride hit, but then you make millions. I'd be like, I'm prideful, but I'll take that pride hit. Let me have it. Right? Like, you know... At some point, no, none of these social media sites are going to last forever. So either way, MySpace was going to pitter out at some point, especially with Facebook coming up to be. So Tom just was like, right now while MySpace is hot, I'm going to get that money. And all the respect in the world, Tom. I hope you're living large right now. but um... <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy is a fantastic choice for number four. I'm going to hit the number three, and I think that this uh, should be a little, um, it. like, it's predictable, but it's okay. I'm going to put Scoot McNary, um, and yes, I am putting him as one of the best actors of the decade because whether you know it or not, this man is insanely talented. Like, I've watched a lot of shit. I've watched a lot of movies. I've watched a lot of TV shows. I've seen a lot of actors. And just like, and this is the thing, Brittany, that I'm noticing on our list, right? A lot of these actors really have the ability to, say, transform themselves and make themselves not be necessarily their own person, but really embody the characters that they're playing. And that's what I feel like Scoot McNary can do. I feel like he does that in any role that he's in. I think any time you see him, it is completely different than the last time you've seen him. And he's been in a lot of shit. Like, he was in Argo, so he's been technically in... Actually, he's been in a few Oscar-winning movies. He was in Argo. He had a very small role in 12 Years a Slave. Um, I enjoyed Nonstop. Frank? Oh, he was in Gone Girl. Another, like, award-winning movie. Like, even though maybe he he's was not in Gone Girl? He played a small part in Gone Girl. Um, Did you ever watch Gone Girl? Because that was such a good movie. I never have seen it, but I always hear such crazy things about it. But you all okay, so like i was going to say really quick, that has to actually be probably the third thing. So here you go. Ben Affleck, this is what I like from you. The Accountant, Gone Girl, and Argo. Gone Girl was amazing. And it's one of those movies, I have to, like, take a pause really quick to talk about it. Um, Gone Girl is one of those movies that you have to get past the first 10 minutes, right? Because I remember I tried to watch it, like, twice, and I could never get past the first 10 minutes. I'm like, it's so boring. You know, I'm, I'm dying here, right? And then finally, one day, Kelly was like, Glong Girl is one of the most amazing movies. Like just stick it out, you'll change your mind. And I'm like, okay, fine. I sat down and I watched it and I was like, This is literally one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so good. And like, you know, as say a woman, it like speaks to you on like unbelievable levels. It's just so fucking phenomenal. But yeah, so he was in Glong Girl. Um And obviously, my introduction to him was in the movie Sleepless, which I can't believe it was so negatively reviewed and made such little money because it honestly is like I love this movie Sleepless. It was so good. I'm mad that there's not going to be a sequel to it. But yeah, okay. I mean, he was in Once Upon <laughs> He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then of course he is very much known also for his TV stuff. As you know, I loved him in Hulk and Catch Fire. Um, he was in Godless, he was in True Detective, and he is going to be the, one of the main characters in Narcos Mexico season two, so I'm fucking excited, you know I love me some Scoot McNary, um, what do you feel about this, this, I don't know, I feel like it came out of nowhere, do you remember Brittany when I messaged you when I first watched Sleepless and we were first watching it for David Harbour? Yes, I remember because I even messaged you. I remember I was like, I feel like you're going to really like this character, and then you forgot I ever said that, and I get the text, you're like, oh, my God, I know, we were watching her for David Harbour with this one guy, and I'm like, I told you. I told you you would love him. He is a beautiful, uh, just rotten bean. I was going to say like a small bean, but no, he's just rotten. no. That's what I'm talking about. When you see uh, Rob Novak compared to say with someone like Gordon Clark, where you have someone that's soft but also kind of cranky, but then you have like a coke addict, uh, basically a mob boss who will uh, cut his own cousin's tongue out for trying to go to the feds. And like, they don't even feel like the same person. Or like, say, um, oh, which movie is it that um, with the plane? Non-stop. With, uh, non-stop. Say non-stop. I wouldn't have thought the guy, you know, who he plays on that would have been anything like Gordon Clark or Rob Novak. Like He's, he's like he, he He's a chameleon. His, yeah. Yes. Because there's plenty of times that you'll be like ah, oh, Mary in a movie I've seen. And I'm like, no, he's not, and I look back and I go, God, that is that is Scoot McNary. What the hell? Well, I feel the same way because I've seen Gone Girl, right? I've seen uh nonstop previously, and I was like, holy shit, like that was him, and it's so weird to even think about because he really just transforms into these different characters like the character that he plays in Fargo, Maurice is different than Tom Purcell from uh, True Detectives. I mean, literally, I it's very rare that you can see a character who can just really transform themselves in any role that they're in. And I'm pumped. I'm like, I'm so glad I know who this character is. Did I tell you it was really funny, by the way? Because he was in Batman versus Superman, right? Yeah. And his his role was, like, fairly small and really nothing like that. And I remember, like, posting on Twitter, I'm like, yo, like, Batman versus Superman did Scoot McNary dirty. And someone else, like, commented, like, exactly. Like, he was so underused in that movie. And Kanan's, like, it was called... Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, not Dawn of Scoot McNary. And I'm like, it oh, should shit. have been. It, it, it should, have like been. I should have been. I feel personally attacked right now. I was so called out on that. Um, But yeah, I love Disaster so much. And you know me, as soon as they gave us a little bit of a nugget as to what to expect in Narcos Mexico season two. I'm like, Yep, yep. I'm I'm back on the Scoot McNary train. Let's go. <laughs> I was gonna say for the viewers, you have to understand that I'll be like sitting there and and Tia will be like, I think we need to talk about Scoot McNary and Narcos again and then we'll send me all those promotional pictures again. And I'm like, gosh darn it Tia. Gosh darn it And, and it's so funny That's an Okay, that's another case I'll say really quick, right? Because I watched the first season of Narcos Mexico because I was such a big fan of the original series, Narcos. And the whole time that they're showing the, like they're doing the narrator, they never show him on screen. And I thought that was so weird because all the other Narcos, you know, you had Boyd Holbrook the first two seasons, and, you know, he plays Steve Murphy, and then you had Pedro Pascal the third season, and he's Javier Pena. But then you're hearing this other um, narrator, and you're not seeing him on screen. I'm like, well, who's the narrator? I remember looking it up, and I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. And (laughs) now it's like, oh, okay, there you go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, even yesterday I texted Brittany after watching Argo, and I'm like, Scoot McNary was in Argo. We need to talk about this. <laughs> I, I, I remember Tia going, I don't want to watch Argo because then Alex like, sent it. And then she was like, oh, Scoot McNary sent it. Fuck. And just like, <laughs> I heard Tia going, through. I was like, Jesus, Tia, Jesus. I'm very predictable and shameless and it's perfectly okay. But um, let's get off of the Scoot train um, and Brittany... It is time for your number two on our list. Man, I wish he was higher because I loved him, but I'm going to go with Robert Downey Jr. Because he, he has made the decade to you, like, seriously. And he's such, like, okay, first off, he deserves it, if only for he really made such a comeback. I mean he was a drug addict slash alcoholic from like being like how old, like young, young, like younger than a teenager, he's been struggling with this stuff, and then he you know you see so many uh actors who were addicts that just lost it because that's the environment that they're in, and they overdose or commit suicide. And a lot of people felt that way about Robert Downey Jr., like it was just waiting for it to show up in the news that, oh, he had an overdose, you know, found in his uh, found in his hotel, found in his home. And you go, man, you know, how is that going to come back, you know, or waking up in someone else's house because he's so messed up he couldn't even find his way home to suddenly he's clean, he's you know, uh, one of the most beloved uh, Marvel actors that has existed. He started everything. He jump-started the MCU, Uh, you know, whether or not, like, the Zodiac was great, which I think that was before the 2010s. But just everything he's played in has been so good, and he puts his heart into, and he's so beloved. I was like, man, he really made the decade. Especially with how much he, I know that MCU is going to make up most of his 2010s, but really he just, he deserves it. Just for the fact of just being such a comeback story, especially uh, in an environment where we are seeing a lot of uh, overdoses as of late. But I was like, man, he loves Robert Downey Jr. too. I love Robert Downey Jr. Um, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned how his story is really a comeback story because both him and Sarah Jessica Parker, who were in a relationship for eight years, both admit that their relationship ended because of his abuse of drugs. And even there's this new um, video that surfaced online where he's quite young and he's walking with Carrie Fisher, you know, the one who played uh, Princess Leia and they're talking, and she's like, you know, you have some demons to you, don't you, Robert? Like, and just, like, sort of like, right on, on, like, screen, you know, she's like, I can tell you have some demons to you, don't you? You know, and and I think that was, like, one of those things where it was, like, you know, people can have their second chances just because they were one way growing up doesn't mean that, like, they can't get out of it because we've seen it now. He got sober, he is doing like wonderful, and yes, a lot of it is the MCU kind of like regenerated his uh his career. But yeah, so it was before. Well, the first Iron Man was before 2010, but and Zodiac Jeez. was before two, Zodiac was before 2010. Um, I'm going to bring up another movie that was before 2010 because I also love him in it, Natural Born Killers. That was in 1994, but um, he was very young in that movie. But, yeah, I mean, largely the past decade has been the MCU, but what the hell is wrong with that? He's literally created a legacy that he's held onto for the past 10 years where We can't imagine an MCU kind of without him. I mean, we're mentioning him. We saw glimpses of him in uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home because we're not ready to, you know, say goodbye to him as Iron Man. And you have that he is, you know, coming out with a new Sherlock Holmes movie because that was another franchise that he was very much in. And on top of all of that, which is really cool, he is involved in this project where it is going he's pretty much the real life Tony Stark where the project is using advanced technology to help um, the future pretty much I saw that I think it's a YouTube series about like AI Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there I was like is he becoming Tony Stark and I was like he's really (laughs) embodying him right now it's funny I thought the same thing I was like wait a second here He's just become um, freaking Tony Stark. <laughs> he embraced it. He really went method with it, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, no, I love it. I love Robert Downey Jr. I feel like he is another one who has uh, aged very well. And he, there's no other person who is, first of all, right for the role other than him um, to play Tony Stark. And I I do, I do love his comeback. I'm so happy that we've seen that from him and that he is one of the success stories because as you said, there are plenty of actors who have not been able to pull themselves out of that ditch. And it's great because I think that that's also something people need to see as well, to see that it is possible that if you have demons and you have, say, you know, these, addictions and this problem that it's possible to turn yourself around from it. So, yeah, I mean, Robert Jr. not only a great actor, not only, like, pretty much, like, huge influencer of the decade, but role model as well. <laughs> you know, I love Funny and love. I'm glad we put him here. Right. <laughs> funny and right.
1: love.
0: Do you know who almost played Iron Man? Uh, I know who it is. I know who it is. Tom Tom Cruise. Huh. Yes, but he didn't want to wear the helmet hardly, even when <laughs> flying. I think, and it made me think of Jawan with like Master Chief or like the Mandalorian, and it's like he oh, just didn't want to wear the mask. Jawan still has such a problem though with Robert Downey Jr.'s whole thing, but he's like, he's like, you know, he goes. Robert Downey Jr., he's so beautiful, he hardly wears the mask, and then even when he wears the helmet, we have to see him inside the helmet, and I'm like, oh, my God, maybe it's just to catch their emotions, to show how they're seeing inside the mask, I mean, it would it have been easier to not even add expression, it would have made it easy, I'm like, First of all, he's not the only one that we see inside the helmet. We've seen Rhodey inside the helmet. I'm pretty sure we've even seen Spider-Man inside the helmet. So like, John just has such a problem with it. It's actually hilarious to like hear him. He's like, he's like the only one who I give credit to is Chris Evans because you know he's a beautiful man and he wore his helmet. For like much longer than you would expect them to. I'm like, that's a the therapy about these helmets now. Come on, Joanne. I have to tell him when I speak to him later on D5 Five. Like, did you, were your ears ringing? Because me and Brittany were saying a lot. <laughs> we talking a lot of shit, and he's like, ha ha ha, 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 ha you're fired. And we're like, oh well, shit. <laughs> Both of you, pink lips. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> but, um, yes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. certainly deserves to be on this list of top ten actors of the decade mm-hmm. because I don't think that many others other than him have been as influential. So, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome job here. Uh, yeah, we are down to the number one on our top ten actors of the decade and it's kind of like insane to even think about. And I feel like obviously we probably missed a few and people listening are gonna be like, oh that's who you put down, I would have put this down. Yes, it is all opinionated, is who we love and who we enjoy and who we like to see on screen. So whoever you like to, to see on screen is part of your top ten actors of the decade. But Before we get to number one, let's go through our list again. We have Pablo Schreiber, Margot Robbie, Frank Grillo, Shala Ali, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Scoot McNary, Robert Downey Jr., and before I go to my number one, Brittany, I really want to know who you thought I was going to pick and who you didn't put on the list because I hate when people are like, not hate, but you know when people are like, Oh, I'm not going to do this one because I'll save it. I'm like, well, now I'm curious because now I feel like I have an obligation to put this person down. <laughs> John all, Oh, yeah, that's the number one. There you go. All right. Number ah, see, <laughs> I knew. I knew. Hey, it was almost my number two. And I went, no, there's no <laughs> way Chia could go this entire list, this entire <laughs> list. Without putting John Burnsall. So, see, I called it. That That's that friendship connection. I was in sync with Thank you, girl. You. Well, so it's so funny because I had written, like, after we did Jeffrey Dean Morgan for number six, I had written down in all the spots what mine were going to be. And I almost put John Burnsall as number three and Spoot McNary as number one. I'm like, it has to be John Burnsall. So, yes, John Burnsall is my number one actor of the decade. I have loved this man since he walked on screen and walked into a hospital in the first episode of the second season okay. of Daredevil. I I was like, who is this? I need to know everything. Um, First of all, let's acknowledge that there will be no other greater person other than Jon Bernthal to play Frank Castle because the emotions, first of all, just alone in that graveyard scene because it was just posted to twitter recently and i was reminded of just how amazing of an actor john burnhull is and those emotions that he was able to bring to a character like frank castle who really should have just been a killing machine and he was able to give so much depth and make this a, a well-rounded character no one else is able to do that other than him. I think that he's certainly getting more attention publicly publicly, but still incredibly underrated. And I hate that he says, Oh, that he'll never be, you know, chosen for a romantic lead. Um, I I disagree, good sir. Your nose is what makes you. We love the nose. All All right. Us who are real fans. I- us who are real fans. You know, Aww. it's kind of like when his brother was talking about, like, oh, you imagine if I had his acting skills and he had my looks, you know, it would have been better. And I'm like, I think I like him because he's not conventionally pretty. I think he's beautiful, exactly. but, but, like, we love busted-up faces. We don't like perfect <laughs> faces. Look at Frank Grillo. I was just going to say Frank Grillo on this list. But, no, seriously, like, John Bernthal is – So amazingly talented. I know I've said that about everyone. Because they are. They all are amazingly talented. But I just think that the craft that John Bernthal puts into his roles, I mean, he has mastered the whole, hey, I'm only in this movie for about five minutes. But I'm going to be probably the standout of this movie. And he has such great uh, scenes like Snitch. Um, grudge Match. You know how much I love Grudge Match um, with like Robert De Niro fighting up against freaking Sylvester Stallone, and he's like, he plays Robert De Niro's son and the emotions there. Uh, he was in The Wolf of Wall Street. Fury. Fury. Like the movie where you wanted to hate this guy so much because he's such a dick most of the time, but then he brings his own emotions to it. It's Unbelievable, right? Um, the accountant which is one of my favorite roles of his, Wind River, he was in for two seconds, Baby Driver Sweet Virginia, Pilgrimage Shot Caller, I'm naming all of them off because they're that fucking good but and then uh, Ford versus Ferrari which is funny he said uh, you know it felt good to be the guy in the suit for once instead of uh, you know the guy who's just going to start busting up people and it is fair I mean Even in Sweet Virginia, which we put on, I think, a list of, like, best movies, right? Um, Best independent movies where he played a role that you would have never thought of him to do because he was so, like, soft and, like, sensitive in it. But even in that movie, he got a little bit of action in it. But in Ford vs. Ferrari, he was the dude in the suit, you know? Um, And he was great in it. I loved his role in Ford vs. Ferrari, and it is probably one of the only roles in a movie where he's in it from start to finish, and he doesn't die. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. It's so right. Baby Driver, which we assume he said, because I remember the director is very, like, serious about what he says. Like, if something's said, it's probably true. So when they're like, oh, yeah if you don't see me again, I'm, I'm probably dead, and we've never seen him again. Yeah, my God. And you know that, to me, I still think the first two seasons of The Walking Dead were the best seasons, and why is that? Because John Bernthal was in it as Shane Walsh. I mean, you have so fucking much. You have so much. Punisher, Daredevil, Walking Dead. I mean, I'm just, like, going through his filmography right now, I'm like, Holy crap, like, beautiful. Look at all of this. Um, And he is going to be in the Sopranos prequel uh, movie, which I probably would have never had any desire to see, but he's playing the main character. So guess what? I'm going to go see it. I mean, I just can't. Like, I'm probably rambling here because I probably can't, like, put into words, like, how great of an actor I think Sean Bernthal really is but I do. I think he's a fantastic actor. I love seeing that he's getting more play. Um, Honestly, you know that I would probably like die if uh, they announced that they were going to bring him back as the Punisher in some sort of capacity. I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. It would be really sad if we don't, but either way, I am here for John Bernfall's frickin' career. You so. would shit yourself if there was suddenly a day where like they were like, Oh yeah, John Bernthal reprises his role as the punishment. You'd be like, I'm I am i am dreaming. Pinch me. This can't be this can't be true. Well this is what I say, right? As much as I would love for John Bernfall to have his own show again, right? I'm not unrealistic. If you can't bring all, like, Joelle is always like, bring back all the shows. I'm like, that's probably never going to happen. But if they were to bring back one show, bring back Daredevil, because it obviously was the best one, right? Um, yeah. we, see the, we see the huge hashtag SaveDareDevil uh, trending on Twitter. So bring back Daredevil and then just bring John Bernthal back as Frank Castle. He originated on the Daredevil series. They mentioned Frank Castle um, in the third season of Daredevil. So it's like, just bring him back. I'm okay. I can I can sacrifice the Punisher series as long as you bring back John in that capacity in Daredevil. Bring back Daredevil, bring back John. That's all I'm saying. I remember that guy at Comic-Con that was wearing the thing that said, uh, uh, bring back Daredevil. Save Daredevil. Uh, yeah, they Daredevil. Like Daredevil. You were Listen. like, buddy, I, I, I feel you. The Save Daredevil community is so nice, by the way. They're so unlike the release the Snyder Cut people who, like, just – shit on people all day and like scream and yell and can't be happy for anything. Um, the save daredevil community is just like we just really want our show back but we love everyone and we're gonna continue to support like everyone. We're not gonna be shitty to anyone and I'm like, I appreciate that. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Please save Daredevil <laughs> <laughs> Save Daredevil. Oh Tia It's probably like the least toxic fandom out there. And, yes, I'm calling out the Star Wars fandom. (laughs) Oh, man. I I would say the only fandom I've heard Tia have issues with where she's like, oh, my God. was one, the Transformers community, and the Snyder Cut community. Snyder Cut people are ridiculous, right? They sit there claiming to love Batman but they can't accept that there is a new Batman with a new cast and it's going into a different direction. It's like you just love Zack Snyder. You just love Zack Snyder, and that's all you care about. Like don't sit here and say that you're a Kaga fan or that you're a Batman fan because you have a new Batman. Like I love the Christian Bale as Batman, and, yes, I had my reservations, about Ben Affleck, but I wasn't sitting there shitting on it, like, all these people are shitting on it. It's just ridiculous. There's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't feel like having an army of people, like, angry at me because the release of Snyder Cut, man. did you know, really quick actually, now let me put it on blast, um, oh so Henry Ca- Henry Cavill, who's in The Witcher, which is such a good show. You should go watch it. Anyone who's listening, go watch it. It's on Netflix. But Henry Cavill was in an interview recently for The Witcher, and they said, you know, what do you think about this whole Release the Snyder Cut thing? You know, I mean, Jason Momoa has come out and said he's seen the Snyder Cut. Gail Gadot um, you know, tweeted out Release the Snyder Cut. Ben Affleck's gotten behind it like, you know, what about you? And he's like, you know, to be honest, I've I've not seen a Snyder Cut, but I'm here for The Witcher. Let's talk about The Witcher, right? Never said. People were like, oh oh my God, you know, Zack Snyder essentially gave this man a career and the disrespect that he has shown. And people were like, let's boycott The Witcher. And I'm like, oh my God, all he's saying is you didn't even deny the existence of the Snyder Cut. He just said, I've not seen it, so I can't say. And I'm like, that's Reasonable, <laughs> like,
1: right?
0: Right. What? It's like I think one thing is, it's like, like just let it go, people. Just let it go, right? Like I sometimes I feel like, okay, am I a hypocrite for want you know doing the whole hashtag save Daredevil thing, you know? And I'm telling the release the Snyder Cut people to get over it, but it's like I feel like it's different. Like, tell me it's different. It's different to you. I'll make you feel better. I don't appreciate this. I feel attacked right now. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, joking. I just, I'm just pulling your leg. Okay, okay. But um, Brittany, while we have a little bit of time left, was there anyone on your list that you want to kind of shed light on that we didn't get to talk about? Honorable mentions? Because, I mean, it's been 10 years, so to narrow it all down to, you know, 10 slots is a little say unfair. So we did the best that we could, but there are obviously other talented people out there that we just haven't gotten to, you know, bring up. Uh Ian McShane. I love. Yes. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of other people. Um oh Who's the, the the guy that you love so much? I think he deserves to be on this list. There's so many. Uh, what'd you say? There's so many. Uh, <laughs> Justified. Oh, yes. Um, Jacob Pitt. Um, yes. Uh, go ahead. I'm trying to remember who else. Like, the names aren't coming to me right now. Well, I'll point out um, a few honorable mentions. Regina King, um, who killed it in the Watchmen series. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry, but I heard that she was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I also saw her in the Netflix show that came out a couple of years ago called Seven Seconds, and she was insanely good in it. So I think that Regina King certainly is one of the best actors of the decade. Uh, Chris Evans, obviously. Um, Killian Murphy, Murphy. David Harbour. Oh, Paul Rudd! Yes, Paul Rudd. You know, I have this like weird, like underlying love for Paul Rudd because even though I'm like, I shout out like all these other actors all the time, like I love Paul Rudd. Like (laughs) Paul Rudd is just like top tier. He's amazing, and I still I'm gonna sit here and anyone who's important who's listening, give Paul Rudd a villain role. He'll be able to do it. I'm just saying. Tia uh, just wants to be a bad guy. I do. I really, really do. Um, let's see. Sam Rockwell. Oh, and Tom Hiddleston. If you're gonna give it, if you're gonna give the decade to Robert Downey Jr., you also have to give the decade to Tom Hiddleston. I mean, Loki would not be around for the full ten years of the MCU and be getting his own show if it weren't for Tom Hiddleston (sighs) I love them there's too many good men (laughs) too many good women (laughs) there are there's seriously like so many that it's like wow can you stop killing it already because you're making the rest of us look bad over here I know right Right. (laughs) that's our secret we always look bad Oh, that's not nice. What? I just thought it was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, no, I listen. There has just been so many fantastic actors. There's so many awesome projects. Like, I look at 2020. Um, and not only do we have a new year coming, but we have a new decade that is um upon us. And just honestly, it It's unbelievable to think about everything that we're going to have, and hopefully we'll be doing this in another 10 years and talk about all of the fantastic actors of the 2020s. Um, I have the peanut gallery messaging me, my mom, going, mention Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Vincent D'Onofrio, too. uh, It's a fantastic (laughs) I love your mother. (laughs) <laughs> also a very amazing actor I can't even deny that um, yes hashtag bring back daredevil <laughs> we can solve all of these problems by bringing back daredevil I'm just saying guys come on Marvel Kevin Feige you Marvel. Hey, Kevin Feige if I slip you a $10 bill will you yeah. bring back daredevil
1: <laughs> right I just
0: put it on your uh, juicy uh, plus Imagine that's all it was. He doesn't even want, like, a whole lot of money. He just wants someone, like, someone to do something really weird and, like, someone literally just walking into his office and, like, sliding a $5 bill. And he's like, you know what? This is what it took. This <laughs> is what it took, right? Oh, my gosh. Damn. I will sacrifice those $5 for, for that. But, um, yeah. Uh. Brittany, we had an amazing, an amazing podcast. I feel like we just uh, raved and fangirled and spawned. There's so much. Um, I have to say before I pass it on to you, everyone, please make sure that you watch The Witcher. It's amazing. Henry Cavill completely kills it as Geralt of Verivia. I think that anyone who is a book fan or a video game fan Will completely just be enamored by uh, his performance. And actually, if I have to do say like uh, new like best newcomer, uh, Anya Chrolatra who plays Yennefer has completely like captured me. She's fantastic. I can't wait to see more of what she does after seeing her in The Witcher. But um, Brittany, what can what can we expect from you? Where can we find you? And um, hope you're not dying is what I have to say <laughs> okay. I was going to say uh, once I'm back on my feet and all good to go um, I am going to be you can always catch me streaming on Itty Bitty Britt is my username on twitch.tv I've been streaming a lot of horror games lately it's been Dark Souls which is incredibly hard started Subnautica we have a great time. You can find me on Twitter at itty Bitty Brit Zero to try to find me uh I it normally updates any time I'm streaming there. But uh yeah. We have a great time when I'm raging at video games and people are laughing at me. Good times, right? Can't laugh at yourself, <laughs> right? But uh yeah. And Tia, what have you been up to? <laughs> First of all, I was going to say, you may want to start playing The Witcher 3. I'm going to keep saying The Witcher until you actually start doing something about it, like watching the show, because it's that freaking good. But you know me. I'm just sitting here doing the podcast. I had my amazing conversation with Orlando Jones of American Gods, um, well, actually, uh, you know, unfortunately, who was fired from American Gods. And we just talked all about that. We talked about um, some behind-the-scenes stuff from Season 2, the reality and the truth of his uh, being let go from Season 3, and also what his plans were for Season 3 if he was kept on. And so it really was a fantastic conversation if you want to see that. You can actually just go to our website, which is The Vibes Nation. We have the podcast up there. And we also have an article that kind of recaps everything for you, including, of course, what he was planning for Season 3, which was phenomenal. And I'm so sad that we're never going to see that come to fruition because it really was such a good plan there. So, um, But besides that, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram, see a baby. I'm always putting out content. We always got really great articles, podcasts. We have Deep Five Live coming up later on today. So, yeah, Um, Brittany, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in and listened. And until next time, I'm Tia. I'm Brittany, and you'll have a great, wonderful day. Thank you. Bye.